Here we go. You're tuning in to Will Love Listen. Now listen. Happy Pride. Thank you for tuning in to Will Love Listen. Today, I am speaking with comedy queen Margaret Cho. I've interviewed the Notorious show many times over the past 10 years, so we waste no time getting down to business on everything from the Stop Asian Hate Movement, working with the Biden-Harris campaign, podcasting, voicing the award-winning Over the Moon, and starring in the Netflix film Good on Paper. Hi, Margaret. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. Yes, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, It's been a minute, so um, I'm happy to speak with you. I think the last time that I actually interviewed you and saw you was um, backstage when you were in Anglewood at the Bergen Pack. Oh, yeah. Um, That was a fun time. That was a great show. Yeah, thank you. So I definitely want to talk about your career. There's a lot to talk about. And I also want to talk about uh, the Stop Asian Hate Movement. But before I get into that, I'd like to know, what did you do over the past year to get through the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, well, I got a lot of animals. So I have two cats and a dog now, which is great. And, um, you know, that's like a ma- major part of my life, which I think is really fun. And they're all really sweet. And um, they've helped me a lot. And, you know, doing a lot of stuff on um, streaming and Zoom and Insta and everything like that, you know, has been very helpful. So I'm glad to have outlets to, to work um, podcasting for sure has been really important so it's a lot of stuff did you take up any new hobbies or was there anything new in particular that you learned or became passionate about um, it would probably be the animals I'm assuming I learned how to make Thai food so I've been using a mortar on pestle and it's so um, like it's so like not my nature but it's I have a mortar and pestle that I have to, it's so big that I have to put it between my legs and do it on the floor and wear a (laughs) skirt. It's very serious chef stuff. Oh, wow. Have you developed a new love for uh, In the Kitchen? Well, it's not really love, I guess, but I do love eating. And I realized, like, you know, there was not a lot that I could, um, I couldn't go out to eat. So, and I really don't like takeout as much. Really? Um, There's something about it. There's something about making a meal and um, certainly like um, doing it all yourself. It's really, it's kind of empowering. It's also very fun in a way. (laughs) Also like getting really tired of it, but I did um, do a lot of cooking. That's good. I was going to say if you were into takeout, because I feel a lot of people were, it, you know, you know, they hone their cooking skills and it does save money. It does. But it's also like takeout is good, but it's also never um, quite as good as going and eating it at, you know, the restaurant. So I, I missed going out to eat because that was what I would do all the time. Yeah, I feel you there. That's something I do enjoy doing. So during the pandemic, it's just good to connect with people. I'd rather go out to eat with someone to a nice restaurant or a trendy spot instead of going to a club. Um, Yeah, totally. So um, I definitely feel you there. Um, One last thing in terms of, you know, everything we've been through over the past year. What was the most positive thing that came out of the last year for you? I think being able to work with the Biden-Harris campaign, um, that was amazing. Uh, I was so worried about the election and getting to do a lot of um, virtual events with the campaign was really inspiring. And um, also, you know, just it was like taking your channeling your anxiety into action which i think is like really important so that's what i learned 
major props for that because this was everyone was sweating this election so it was so scary yeah it was it was definitely close and it's I, I like it when celebrities and people who have a platform like you do really get involved it's one thing to say one comment but it's another thing to really get involved so props to yeah, that thank you but yeah I was really happy about that you know I I felt like it was such an important thing and it really it worked out so I'm glad would you like to continue working with the administration? I would love to. I think that, you know, they're doing great. And I mean, I, I think it's still incredible that we have a woman who is our vice president, who's biracial, she's black, she's Asian, she's a feminist. She's really here for like our representation. And so I'm so happy and really grateful for her. Absolutely. And it definitely gives like like the youth uh, something to look up to, I feel. Absolutely. It's really incredible. And, um, you know, it's not just her. It's just everybody, whether it's AOC or Ilhan Omar or Tammy Duckworth or, you know, there's so many great women who are doing such amazing work. So I'm very excited. Me too. And I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing how things progress um, over the mm-hmm. next year, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Now, stand-up comedy has long been a male-dominated industry. You're one of the select females who've risen to stardom and found great success within stand-up. This is addressed throughout the FX documentary Hysterical. And what was it like to be a part of that? It was great. I mean, of course, everybody in it I'm friends with and I love. And, um, you know, some of us are really long-term friends like Judy Gold and myself. But so many of these great comedians and, like, if you're a woman in comedy, you have to be exponentially better to get uh, your foot in the door to get noticed in any way and so we have to battle so much uh, sexism that's very outright but also very covert and even within ourselves so i think it's been really this amazing journey and um i was so excited to have it as part of the film and i love the film i think it was great and I'm gl- yeah. and you know coming off what we just spoke about with what Kamala Harris represents, I'm glad that a film like that is out there. And you've d- you've dipped into voiceovers in a big way. What was yeah. I like that? What was it like voicing uh, Auntie Ling and working with such a strong cast in the animated film Over the Moon? It's a great cast, and it was a great project. And I was um, involved with the project, and I was uh, in Shanghai in 2018 when they were starting to talk about what the film was going to be and they showed me the sketches of the artwork they showed me like the songs you know like we heard some of the early demos of the songs and it was just an incredible experience so to be aligned with the project from the very beginnings of it was really gratifying to see you know and to be nominated for an oscar it's like good as it gets you know it's really amazing yeah and congratulations thank you thank you it's really exciting now season two of your podcast series the margaret show is titled the mortal minority yeah it's it's, um mortal minority is um all about hate crimes against asian americans both, both the historical context of them and then the modern issues that we're dealing with really multiple times a day You know, every day, every time I look at social media, there's four or five more that have happened. Yeah, it, and, um, it's really upsetting and sad. Well, it, yeah, it's re- it's really horrifying because the, the more you turn on the news or you go online, there's more video of like all these gruesome hate crimes that have been that are being committed amongst Asian Americans. It's really mm-hmm. sad. And was that sort of what inspired you to sort of go that 
route with the uh, with the title of season two. And will we've you- done um, episodes in season one that were mortal minority. Uh, it was like a, a part of the show, and it was about Asian Americans talking about Asian American crimes and Asian American crimes. And so it's not just uh, crimes against us, it's crimes perpetrated by Asian Americans as well. So it's this idea of where um, we've experienced violence in our community. And um, so it was a, a, a part of the first season, but now I thought it was appropriate, especially with everything going on, and also to give a signal boost to some of these different GoFundMes uh, for victims or different activist groups who are stop, trying to stop Asian hate. I think that's great, and it's yeah. it's edu- and it's educational too. Yes, I'm really I'm really pleased with the way that it's coming out, and um, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of history that I had no idea about. You know that we really have so little knowledge about so many of these things, and so I'm really grateful to have an opportunity to learn about it. Is there a particular guest or subject matter that's going to be coming on one of the uh, upcoming episodes that you're excited about? Um, all of them, really. I mean, I think that um, the ones that we've done so far with um, the Chinese Massacre of 1871, with um, the Rock Springs Massacre, um, these are like things that happened in the like, 1800s that were hugely, uh, you know, destructive um, deadly events, but you don't hear about any of it, as we didn't hear about the Tulsa massacre, as we didn't hear about so many things with Black history. We still have those blind spots with Asian history as well. Yeah, no, I definitely think so, and it, it's it's sad that um, yeah. you know certain things don't get the attention that they should. Right. I mean, what do you feel seeing everything that's taking place in the media and on the news? What do you feel needs to be done today? I mean, it, there needs to be an acknowledgement that these are hate crimes. Like, if you're, um, if you're like police in Atlanta talking about the man who killed eight people, six of them Asian women, you know, he said, well, he had a bad day, and that he's not racist, it's not a hate crime. It is a hate crime. If you're targeting people of a certain race, it's a hate crime. I mean, it's very clear. Um, these things are very, very clear to me. Uh, for some reason, uh, Asian Americans, uh, we suffer from this invisibility that lends itself to kind of not experiencing racism or somehow not um, being considered like victims of racism. But we we are so constantly right now. It's really scary. Yeah, it is, especially in light of stereotypes going on in relation to COVID, um, which I feel is yeah. what's really sort of driving this surge of hate crimes that we're witnessing. Yeah, but I mean, if you were really afraid of catching COVID or if you really thought Asian people were to blame for COVID, why would you get in somebody's face? I know, exactly, exactly. spread. Exactly, exactly. So it's very, it's really sickening. And it reminds me a lot of AIDS and how people used AIDS to commit hate crimes against gay men. That's a great comparison. It, it's true. You know, it, it was the same thing of using that excuse of homophobia uh, and using AIDS as kind of um, some reasoning behind it. It doesn't make any sense. That's a great example. I was actually going to touch on that. So thanks for bringing that up. Now, your new movie, Good on Paper, premieres on Netflix June 23rd, which is great timing because the print edition of this interview is going to come out in the June issue, which is our annual Pride issue. So I know, right? The timing's perfect. It's all in sync. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you tell us more about the movie and more specifically your character in the film? So I play a very, um, it's it's a really fun 
lesbian in bike shorts role. It's really great. It's a really fun role. <laughs> it was such a great movie. Eliza Schlesinger, who's also in Hysterical, wrote the film. She stars in it, and she's amazing. And we had a great time. And we filmed it, like, right before um, the shutdown. So we filmed it in December 2019. Oh, wow. So... It was like really a whole different world than when we were shooting it. It was like, oh, you know, we, we didn't know what the world would become. We had no idea. Nothing was like, we didn't, we, you know, we were like, oh, 2020 is coming. We're excited about this new year and had no notion that everything was going to change. But, you know, that's the world and that's the way it is. So uh, we had a great time making it. We really laughed a lot. And I, I really loved um, playing this queer character. It's very true to life very kind of true to who i am and so it was really fun i'm looking forward to it it sounds like yeah well i'm a fan of your work in general but this film really sounds like a good time it's really funny it's a really funny movie and it's a really it it was just a great project to be able to work on now i posted on social media that i was going to be interviewing you and of course i got like varied questions so i'm just going to ask you a couple of them one of them uh they want to know what are your plans for pride this year well i'm hoping i just got my second Moderna vaccine today. So I'm hoping uh, that I could actually go out and do something. I don't think that that many Pride events will happen, but maybe the old folks, the old old gay old gay who uh, have all been vaccinated, we can all get together and, and hang and do something virtually with the younger people. Or I'm not sure. It's so weird because this is our second Pride that we're locked down, and yeah. we want to be safe, but at the same time, I'm really I'm really missing Pride. I know. Yeah, you and me both. It's a shame. I mean, obviously, understandably, things were shut down last year, but I think yeah. at least on, I know you're in L.A., correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah. On, on this side of the coast, everyone's playing everything by ear. Like, right. there are some things, a lot of things are tentatively planned, but it all depends on the numbers, essentially. Right, and I'm fine with that, but I definitely plan on connecting with everybody online, at least. Um, you know, there's so much that can be done that way as well, so that's really positive. Now, are you working on um, any projects that are coming out later this year or anything that I have not touched upon? Um, I am. It's all kind of like still in development, but I'm definitely uh, excited about this season of Moto Minority. It's coming out and um, it's out everywhere you can get your podcast. We'll keep listening to it. <laughs> and um, one thing I did want to know is um, we during this interview, we spoke about things you have going on today. And we also reflected back on over the things that took place over the past year and what you've learned. One thing I did want to ask is looking back at your career, you've had a very successful and very diversified career. Um, What would you say is your biggest accomplishment as well as your biggest learning lesson? I think it's really just surviving and then continuing to just enjoy this work and to always find something new and different and that it's to me it's like just like this great journey and I feel like the there's no one thing that sticks out but it's more just like the collective like joy of being able to continue doing it into um really kind of pretty old age so I'm glad well I, I'm very impressed with your career. I it's, I became familiar with your work when I was extremely young. Um, my cousin, it was like your first can- stand up, and my cousins were watching it. And then, oh, wow. yeah, and then fast forward all these years later, and you know, I got more into your work. Um, I think it was a notorious Cho stand up. 
that I um, downloaded and I would repeat because I just thought it was hysterical. And then I beca- oh, and then you yeah. became like one of my favorites after that. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you very much. Oh, of course. And, you know, congratulations on all the success. And, you know, I co- know COVID has been really difficult, um, especially on those within the entertainment industry. So props mm. for keeping it going. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure to pick up the latest issue of Out in Jersey Magazine to read Will Love's monthly music memo. Find out the hottest albums available on shelves and streaming platforms now. Instead of popping champagne today, we're popping water because... Jenna and I have something in common this week. <laughs> I think we should ease into this. I, don't <laughs> I wasn't ready to uh, jump right into it. So we're popping bottles. It is. They are water bottles. Because um, my plan was, let's do the Margaret Cho recap. I'll bring the White Claws. Right? And so then you were like... I don't know if I can drink because I'm on antibiotics, right? Yeah, been in, I've been on antibiotics for almost two weeks. Meanwhile, because- I'm also an, on antibiotics and I'm like, let's drink. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I've been doing antibiotics wrong. Someone just, I mean, find me on Instagram. Let me know, like, if I need a detox or something, because (laughs) I've been, I mean, I I don't drink every day, but I'll crack open like a White Claw or, you know, I'll do a couple of shots. It's either White Claw or just straight like whiskey. There's no in between. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, So now I'm terrified because I am also, also an antibiotics. I've been drinking. Will is the good behavior side of this on antibiotics, but it's because we both, drumroll, have a UTI. We did not get it from each other. I don't know how UTIs work in that sense, but um, promise we didn't give it to one another. Yes. Separate situations. And I just, growing up, and then every time I go to a new doctor, and every time I speak to friends about this, I get asked the same, I get told the same thing. It's very rare for males to get UTIs. Yeah, no shit. I just got lucky in life. I literally, I get a UTI at least once a year. There we and go. it's horrible. Um, they hurt. They're the worst. Yeah, they are. They're the worst. Like, I would, li- TMI, hey, you, this is the Margaret Cho episode, so welcome. <laughs> We're going to get a little bit explicit here. <laughs> But like I would sit on the toilet and like legit cry because it hurts so bad while I'm going. It's it's and it's like I'm oh I don't drink enough water. I know that. And it's that's and I always say after I get like a bad UTI, I start drinking a shit ton of water and then I just go back to like my habits. Same. Um, I also think like I have a little bit of intolerance to certain foods. So like I noticed like it, this is so graphic. No, but (laughs) I'm like embarrassed. I also feel like some foods could be irritating me in that department. So I recently did a uh, a big allergy test as well as a food allergy test. So And what happened? I'm still waiting on the results. Oh my goodness. So it should be We're going to have to recap the recap. Like I don't think people want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gluten intolerance. <laughs> but, hey, hey, maybe. But 
I feel your pain. Speaking of which, Literally. wait, not not the pain. I'm actually, I'm better. I don't know. I, I mean, it's been like maybe a week. Oh, that's good. I mean, I should know. I'm here like, I don't know. I might be better. Like I am. I'm better. The antibiotics did the job. My liver might be done though, based on, <laughs> I guess, the fact that we're not supposed to drink. But um, gluten-free, right? Thank you for the pizza. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Com. Yeah, we're very healthy. We're just drinking water and having gluten-free pizza. <laughs> Yep. It's a different kind of show today. <laughs> but moving on, what did you think of my interview with Margaret? Margaret Cho. She is this louder than life, just ball of like energy. I love the energy that she brings to anything she does. She is hilarious. She stands for so many great causes. I mean, she's got one coming up. That's so, amazing. Right. It's like. Yes, thank you for like standing up for a cause, for feeling, you know, so strongly and for representing like your community and supporting people for for being a voice for many who don't have a voice. You know, I, I love that she's using her platform for these great causes. So and she has a history of doing that. And she never just focuses on one cause. She's always focusing on what she feels needs more attention and what she feels people should be. She always focuses on what needs more attention and uses her platform to get people more involved. So you have to give her kudos. Yes. And here in the interview, I feel like, you know, you have some experience with Margaret. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's so funny. I I found out about, I was always too grown up for my own age. So I used to watch Comedy Central when I was probably too young to be watching it. And then when I was in high school, I got super into mashups. You know, you take the acapella of one song and mix it with the instrumental of another. But I also started doing that with comedy bits. So I created like this two and a half minute track using all these hilarious vulgar clips from her standups. And I mixed it over a T-Pain bed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Can we hear this? <laughs> Are we gonna, we're going to hear this. We'll be playing you the full version after. But I don't think I ever play. I don't think I ever play this to you. I'll eat pussy. I want to have an orgasm. I'll eat pussy. Sucky, fucky, two dollar. If they run out of what I really want. No more chicken? I'll take the pussy. Pussy bag. I can't. You better eat that pussy. Eat the whole thing. You did this? You know yeah. how hard I have to work to put pussy on the table? That's amazing. Wait, but why a T-Pain track? So you can have good pussy. Do you relate to it? <laughs> Maybe the first part. <laughs> so it's like two and a half minutes. But I used to always create mashups. So I'm like, oh, I, I was listening to a couple of her stand-ups and I'm like, this would be perfect to like put together because I never did like a comedy mashup before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it came out hilarious. And but I, why I post, T-Pain? I liked him at the time. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. Bayou, I made that in 2007. Wow. I was like a junior, what, a sophomore, a ju- no, a junior in high school, right? No, a C, a, I don't know. <laughs> I created it in either 2007 or 2008. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I can't even, I just know it was either 2007 or 2008 and T-Pain was really hot at the time mm-hmm. and I really loved his music back then and I was like, oh fuck, imagine like 
you know, a comedy chick over like a hip hop artist instrumental. And of course I tweaked it a little bit. So it's not like, you know, it doesn't sound exactly like it from the song. And now all these years later, you're interviewing Margaret Cho and following her career. Forget how many times I've interviewed her. I met her four times, all for work, and all and almost all the times backstage, after her show or before her show, like hanging out with her for a little bit. So the first was, and since I'm not drinking, I remember it very clearly. The first was 2010 at the Wilmont Theater in Montclair. The second was 2017 at Gramercy Theater in Manhattan. The third was at Levity Live in Nyack. And the fourth was 2019 at the Bergen Pack. Literally two days after I got that cyst removed from my right wrist. So I showed up in a fucking cast and we were joking about it. But every time I've met her, since 2010, I've been meaning to play that track that I put together, that mashup. Do you know I always forget it? Always. You should have played it for her on the interview. I know. Like, Margaret, Margaret, whether, I'm so I'm in, excited to talk to whether you, Whether in person or on the phone, <laughs> no lie, whether in person or on the phone with her, I always fucking forget to bring it up. Wait, would you? You would have brought it up? I've been meaning to bring it up for the past 10 years to her, and I always fucking forget. Well, Margaret, <laughs> guess what? Will <laughs> made a mashup using clips from your shows, and he placed it over T. Pain track. You would think with how many times we've interacted that I would have, you know, remembered. Margaret, stick to the end. <laughs> <laughs> we got a full two minutes worth of just amazingness waiting for you. So just stick to the end. Everyone else can go. <laughs> Margaret, you stay. <laughs> and hopefully Margaret can stay till the end, even though she's been super busy. Right. She's got her Netflix movie premiering. It's like right around the corner. Yeah. June 23rd. Yeah. Good on paper. Good on paper. Super exciting, right? Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting. I mean, she plays a lesbian in bike shorts. So, you know, it's going to be fucking hilarious. And she did talk about that in the interview that she, like, loves She did. Yeah. So she. Uh, it sounds like her character is very out there, which, you know, she's like that naturally. So I'm sure the movie is going to be a hit. Well, well, what would your animated character... It's not a lesbian in bike shorts. No, not at all. I feel like there's mesh. There's, like, a mesh tank coming <laughs> There's like, I mean, I hate getting dressed up. I'm fine in like, you know, skinny jeans and a tank top. Mm -hmm. There it is. It's the mesh tank top. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I do, I do have a mesh tank top. I have a mesh shirt. I have a mesh jacket. Yes, sir. You have a lot of mesh. I've noticed. (laughs) So yes, you're animated. But it's nice mesh. It's not trashy mesh. No, it's not trashy mesh. No, it's like Karl Lagerfeld mesh. I don't know what that means. It's a designer. What? I'm just being honest. <laughs> so, yes, bougie mesh. Um, I got it. So, yes, your character um, wears mesh and jeans and um, uh, sneakers with spike studs on them. I do have a pair with spike studs. I know. I have been peeping your wardrobe. <laughs> I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> I'm, like, obsessed. I would watch that character. I would watch that <laughs> Are you wearing this to Pride? Um, no, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing for Pride. Um, I kind of just go with the flow. So it kind of it depends. I'm, I'm just like that naturally. So it depends on if anyone asks me to do anything. If they don't, then I just might do something local. The restaurant where I celebrated my birthday at Prohibition yeah. um, is actually doing some like 
big pride event in Westwood. So Sweet. if I don't end up going to the city, I might be doing that. What, when was that? Because yeah, 2020, everything was shut down. Yeah, everything was shut down for 2020. And Jersey Pride, which typically takes place in Asbury Park in June, this year, because they didn't know when things would change up, they had booked that for October. So their big celebration isn't even going to be this month. It's going to be in October. Keep it going all year long. Yeah, I mean, it works. That is amazing. What was um, the what? When was the last time you celebrated? Honestly, not for a couple of years because last year I don't think any of us ever really did anything. Mm-hmm. And then the year prior to that was horrible because I was getting out of that relationship with that ex from hell. Oh, wow! You know, Satan spawn that wouldn't. You know, we're gonna dedicate an entire episode to just this part of your life to just get it out because I feel like we so keep the alluding last, to the it. The last time I went out was 2018, but I didn't do anything big. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, that was a horrible year. Oh, my God. When was the last good one? <sighs> oh, no. Good question. <laughs> this year. This is the good um, That is a good question. Like many years ago. Yeah, so I haven't had a real good one. So maybe I'll do something this year. It's going to be this year. It's going to no matter what it is, whether it's this month or October, whether it's virtual, in person, it's going to be a good year. It has to be. We all need this. Will, we need it to be. (laughs) It will be. Perfect. Love it. Well, regardless as to how my pride turns out, I want to wish everyone a happy pride. And I hope everyone enjoys the entire month of June. It's great to see a lot of, you know, major corporations and mainstream you know, companies, outlets, venues, etc., um, supporting Pride. So I hope you all have a good one. And also, I want to make sure you tune into Margaret Cho's new film, Good on Paper, premiering on Netflix June 23rd. And make sure to subscribe and follow the Will Love Listen podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple iTunes. Wait, Will, oh, hold on, hold on. We still, we still need to talk about this clip, though. I was just looking... Did you predict the title of her podcast? Well, what was interesting in this mashup that I made (laughs) is I titled it The Margaret Show. Fast forward over 10 years later and Margaret Show's podcast is titled The Margaret Show. Go check her out too, by the way. It's so good. Yes, definitely subscribe to her podcast too. So maybe I sort of manifested it in a weird way. Look at you doing a thing. (laughs) All right, let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. All right. So straight from the vault, here's my parody and possibly educational mashup in honor of today's guest, one of my favorites, Margaret Cho. I'll eat pussy. I can't come when you fuck me. I can't come when you fuck me. It's just not my first choice. I can't come when you fuck me. I want to have an orgasm. I'll eat pussy. Sucky fucky $2. If they run out of what I really want. No more chicken? I'll take the pussy. Do you have a pussy bag I can take this moment? You better eat that pussy. Eat the whole thing. Do you know how hard I have to work to put pussy on the table? I work my fingers to the bone. So you can have good pussy. Eat it. Kids in China have no pussy! You know, when you come over, you don't have to bring me flowers. Just bring me some Hershey's chocolate kisses so I can suck them off your dick. I am not some kind of pussy expert. I don't know everything there is to know about eating pussy, you know. Today on Iron Chef Pussy! 
I don't know that much. Because when I'm, when I'm eating pussy, I am so surprised that I'm eating pussy. I'm like, I can't believe it's pussy! Knock, knock, who's there? Chocolate! Chocolate who? I'm gonna suck chocolate off your dick! Ah! So, it was my big initiation night at the sex club. And I was in a sling. And I had a big leather hood on. And Mistress Polly was gonna fuck me with this giant leather dildo. And there were all these people watching. And I was like, you know what? This is so not me. Thank you and have a nice day. Have a nice Fuck, day. You. Fuck you. Fuck you.